Just a simple thought that uh, comes to mind in the Gospel of John. The Lord prayed in John 17 to the Father and verse 5. And before we read it, we'll just pray. Father, we commit the reading of thy word to thee in Christ's name. Amen. In 17.5, it says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And the Father has answered that prayer we read in John, I mean, in Romans chapter 6, where he says he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And he has been exalted to the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. And uh, Hebrews chapter 1, after having made purification for our sins, he sat down, his work is done. But now he's back in the glory that he had left. We mentioned that, you know, this morning, that scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, though he was rich for our sakes, he became poor. So he left that glory and came into you know, a vessel of clay, came a man, and uh, and now he is returning back to the Father. And he asked that he would glorify him with the glory he had with him before the world was. So this is before creation. This is the, the um, um, eternal fellowship in the Godhead. And, and and that's why, you know, when we think of creation, God was God God is complete. He has never lacked anything. He's complete within himself. And so the purpose of creation was not to give God something to do, or, you know, that uh um he could just demonstrate his creativity, but it was for the purpose of blessing others because God is love and he wanted, obviously, to shed, to, to, to show others his love, made them both angels and men uh, with a will to choose so that he would be glorified in them loving him and and uh uh and and the, then the lord jesus in order to bring back to reconcile this world back to god leaves the glory uh and comes into the world that god had created in order that the whole creation might know him and love him and gives a motive Another motive. I mean, God should have been loved just because he's God. And uh, um, uh, in the very personhood of who he is, uh, Adam and Eve should have loved him. And in that love should have obeyed him. The same with uh, the angelic creation that fell. All should have loved him and, and worshipped and adored him. But not just worship and adored him, but with the heart engaged uh, as to the attraction because love has to do with attraction, the, the attraction of God. And so sin has come in. The Lord Jesus has come in to, to redeem, to reconcile, to turn hearts, minds back to God. And, and he's going to 
go back to the glory. But then he prays something else later on in the, back in the glory, which he had with the father before the world was. But then he says in verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. And now look at this, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So this is this predates Genesis 1.1. This is before in the beginning God created. Before there was anything. Now we can't even, you know, you can't, we can't, our minds are unable to imagine God and, and no creation. God's a spirit. And yet the, the Lord Jesus, there was a glory, right? There was a glory that that God possessed because the Lord Jesus has to be restored uh, to that glory which he had with the Father. And now this creation that was created that they might know God's love through Christ can now know God's love and and his love is upon them so he wants them with him. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me. This is, this is so intensely uh, complicated and yet so simple and beautiful in love. What, what the Father has given me. You know, we find that expression through John, that uh, John uh, 6, he says, all that the Father uh, giveth me cometh to me. And uh, them that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Uh, John chapter 6 and verse uh, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. So th th this is, this is uh, um, always, always an incredible thought that, that of all that God could could give to his son, who he loves. The father loveth the son, we read in John uh, chapter 3. All that the father could give him, the, of all the gifts, he chose us. And, and the father hath given them to me. So here's a love gift from the father to the son, which is us. And now the son asked that this love gift that was given him by the Father should be with him, with me, where I am. Well, where is that? Where Where is that? That's back in the glory that he had with the Father before the world was, uh, that they may behold my glory. Now, th this is a, this is, this is, a, <laughs> you know, the, the Lord Jesus has many, he's going to come, he have many crowns. He has many glories. Now, is this the glory of his eternal sonship that he just prayed about in verse 5 to be restored to that glory? Uh, he has glories as as a, 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 a son of man now who was obedient unto death, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name above every name. There's this 
the the son of man that uh, that uh, is exalted above the heavens but 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 that's a, a a glory that he he won through his obedience and through death at the cross here's a glory that's intrinsically his and uh he says that he had laid aside when he in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but he emptied himself emptied himself of this outward glory he could never uh, so important to to uh, be clear that he could never empty himself of what he was intrinsically in his character and all that he is in his personhood he remained the eternal son and some people question that because they say well you know uh, one of the qualities uh, uh, of god is that he's infinitely wise and the lord jesus in that portion in uh, the gospels uh, i think mark 13 is one place where he uh, uh, talks about the the coming of uh, uh, his second coming and only the father. No, no man knoweth uh, when that time will be only the father. I'm going to have to look at that. Mark, uh, let me make sure it's 13. Yeah. Uh, Mark thirteen thirty two. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. So how could he, you know, uh, the, the challenge that people bring up on believers is how could he maintain all of his deity if he doesn't know, if he doesn't know something, and yet he knows all things. God knows all things, and of course the 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 uh, um, the Lord has perfect knowledge of everything, and yet He has a as a man acquired knowledge, learned knowledge, just like we we were mentioning in the, in the uh, Lord's uh, during the Lord's Supper, He grew in wisdom. Uh, it's it's an incredible thing. I mean, do, do you do you think when he went to uh, uh, went out to the carpentry shop with Joseph that he you know said, hey, hey, Dad, you know, let me show you how this is supposed to be done. No, he learned carpentry. He learned um, he learned the scriptures. He learned the very scriptures that uh, he had given and which are an expression of himself because he's the word, right? Uh, the living word. So it's, uh, I think it's always good to remember what he said in Matthew 11, that no man knoweth the son save the father. There are mysteries about the person of the son that only the father knows. And then he said, no man knoweth the, the, uh, the father save the son and to he to whom he shall reveal him. So the son came into the world to reveal the father. So there's great mysteries. One of the hymns that we have speaks about the higher mysteries of thy name. No, it's name or fame. I can't remember. The, the creature's grasp transcends. Some, some word like that, meaning that He's just beyond what we can conceive. And and he came to reveal the Father. So there are mysteries about him, 
that are obviously because he's God, he's infinite. But here, when he uh, doesn't know when the time of the end will be, it's because he's, as a man, he has this learned wisdom. You know, we read in that, that Hebrews 5, what was it, 5, 7, I think, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Well, what does it mean? He learned. He learned. Well, God had never been, you know, in a, obedient, he, the form of God. He had to take the form of a servant. As a servant, he had to learn obedience. So there, there's a, you know, the person of our Lord Jesus is just fantastically great. But here he is, and he's praying that they may be with me, that they may see uh, my glory, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now, from from the disciples' point of view, they were those that, like he says in First uh, John, they had uh, seen him. I'm going to read that in First John, chapter one and verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled, listen to this, of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested. We have seen it. Now here's the life that was manifested. We've seen it. Bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father. And was manifested to us. <laughs> this is this is like this is so wonderful when you think of of the person of our Lord Jesus. You, you, it, people that conceive him only as the as a as a carpenter there in Nazareth, they're they're missing. This is the one who is eternal life, and he is eternal himself. He was with the Father, and life has to do with character. And all the character of God was manifested. That's what they saw. They didn't see the glory, right? He says, we beheld his glory. That glory was veiled uh, in the human uh, flesh. Every once in a while, there was a glimpse of it. When he commanded the winds and the waves, he raised the dead. There was glimpses, glimpse of it, but his glory was hidden. And yet they saw his life. They saw the character of God in the person of the Lord Jesus, and every word he spoke, and every uh, in the compassion, the mercy, the kindness, the tenderness uh, uh, that he uh, demonstrated to those hurting, to in the righteousness and holiness uh, of his ways with those that were contrary to God, they uh, th this was their vantage point. Point. This is what they had seen, and now the Lord is going to elevate them to be able to see His glory. Not just what they had seen when they walked with him, that veiled glory. Uh, although on the trans Mount Transfiguration, they got to see a preview of his coming. But now he says, I want them to see the glory that I had with thee before the world was. And then he says, uh, the glory that you have given me, for thou lovest me 
before the foundation of the world. That's why we say that God is complete. He doesn't need anything because God is love. And within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're absolutely complete. So, uh, you know, creation is all about grace. Creation is all about the, the goodness of God, the kindness of God being demonstrated that he created in order that we might be a part of that creation and be a part with him. You know, so he has always loved us. And uh, when were we uh, given as a gift, by the way, uh, from the Father to the Son? You know, these are things that that uh, have eternal nature to them. So just going back to um, we we're in verse 20, John 17, verse 4, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. Um, Oh, in verse 24, <clears throat> that they may be with me where I am. So, j just to, you know, just a thought to, to finish. In John 14, 1, what, when it says with him, he told the thief, you'll be with me in paradise. So when he says they're going to be with me, just exactly location-wise, because, you know, we live in a physical world, and he speaks to us in, in, a, in a way that we can, conceptually understand so so just what where is this john 14 1 let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me and my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you so i'm going to go prepare a place for you because i want you to be as he said in john 17 with me your love gift from the Father to me, and so I want you to be with me, and the place where I want you to be with me is uh, in my Father's house because I love my Father, and I want you to know Him and to love Him as I do, to enjoy His love and His presence. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build you a place in my Father's house, and what's going on right now as we're waiting for the Lord to come is He is populating the father's house so you know it's, it's like uh, i'm going to read an expression in um luke 14 in that parable um where the invitation goes out to the wedding feast and or, or the not the wedding feast but to the uh, uh great supper let me see yeah, it's called a great supper in, in Luke fourteen sixteen. But this is the expression in verse 23. The Lord said unto the servant, go out to the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So that's what's happening right now in the Father's house. The Lord Jesus is preparing a place for those that have been given to him by the Father, a love gift, that he uh, because of sin, had to come into the world to redeem in order that he might possess the gift uh, that the Father had given him. Now he's preparing a place. He's filling the Father's house right now, or making rooms to fill the Father's house when we get there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people going to be a part of the rapture, the first resurrection, right? When uh, uh, when he calls us home, that's rapture is the res first resurrection. Uh, part of it and so, and so uh 
th- this is a this is a pretty pretty good sized house the father has, and uh, and he he's preparing a place, you know, not just preparing a, a place for us, but preparing us for that place, and what a what a what a great thing that will be because in the father's house, you know, you you have the glory of the Lord Jesus, which most definitely is going to be the light that lights the house. I mean, the the things that are before us, before believers, are so, you know, out of this world, obviously, uh, so incredible, you know, so uh, just beyond thought, what mind can conceive, you know, heart, as he would have never entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for them that love him. No, oh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Yeah, it's beyond what the experience of man could even attain to. And and yet he lays it out here, little glimpses of things that are just, just incredible. And these disciples, they had seen him, they had touched him, they had heard him. But who was he? Man, this, John looks back on it now and he says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life, and it's eternal life that was with the Father before the foundation of the world. I mean, when, when these when these men, after the Holy Spirit came and they began to be enlightened to who they had been with, this must have been kind of like the experience the Apostle Paul had on the road to Damascus when he was just enlightened, you know, as the person of the Lord Jesus. I mean, John certainly didn't know what he just re- what we just read there in first john when he was walking with the lord that this is eternal life eternal life which was with the father no he didn't know that so this is that he's being taught this and as these things began to dawn or not dawn but as the holy spirit revealed these things to the hearts of the apostles uh, after the lord is glorified it must have been you know in a Absolutely incredible experience for them as they as they're writing this down, and 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 the Spirit of God, you know, brings this truth. And, and I, I I just imagine John stops, you know, as he's writing, and and tries to take in this one the the fact that this one that they walked with for three and a half years, this is who he was. And yet he had, I mean, he had the absolute assurance after, you know, it's revealed to him. But, but it's, uh, so anyway, the, the, while we're waiting now and, and our hearts are saying, even so come Lord Jesus or come Lord Jesus, the, the, the Lord is filling his house, you know, filling his house. Now you compare that, you know, there's two eternities. You're either going to be in the Father's house, right? Uh, for, for believers. And then there'll be be believers on earth, of course, too. But I mean, the alternative is to be cast out of His presence, and uh, uh, in the lake of fire. Uh, I mean, th- there's no thought of 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 the Father's not connected with that. That's the holy judge. That's uh, holy, holy, holy. This is the Lord Jesus, who is the Savior is also the judge. And who is better to be the savior, the, the judge who sits upon the great white throne when men are judged than the one that came to die for men and gave everything in proof of his love 
So no one can stand before that judge and uh, complain of indifference, un, uh, unrighteousness, injustice. No, no, no. Perfect love they'll stand before. Perfect love that gave everything for them an opportunity for them to be saved. And now having rejected it, a judge with unflinching righteousness and, and um, uh, without a judgment without reservation in that moment because judgment has come. So how much better to be in the Father's house? I mean, what, 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 a, what a joyful thing. And, and if we have that assurance, then just like we were talking about for the uh, uh, fair or any other activity we have that's gospel-oriented, how wonderful to be able to tell others, you know, that, hey, uh, as pilgrims and strangers, uh, we're not a part of this world, uh, but we're ambassadors from heaven. And as an ambassador, uh, I'm representing another country. And I just want to tell you that my king, the country that I you know, belong to, would very much like for you to be a part of his kingdom. And you can be, you know, you can become a citizen. It happens by, you know, receiving Christ, Lord and Savior. We're born again. Now you're, you know, have a, your, your birth certificate's in heaven. You're a citizen of heaven now, Philippians 3. So, so this is the opportunity we have that as, you know, as those that are heading to the Father's house, that we can help, you know, fill that house. And how wonderful, you know, that to, to be in the Father's house with someone. I mean, even one, even one that would be there and and you had the opportunity to to share the good news of God's love and grace with what 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 uh, uh, how that would change the whole complexion it would seem anyway from a human perspective of being in the father's house to know that you know someone was there because God had you know actually used you to touch their life and uh so the father's house being filled and and uh ultimately in in one moment the last last uh, uh occupant of that house is going to be uh, saved and at that moment the lord comes and will be there in the father's house we'll see the glory that he prayed about that we would be able to see but until then we're ambassadors for christ and and uh I think it's a great, um, a great and biblical way to address people, uh, to let them know. And of course, our lives have to line up with it in some measure, no one perfectly, but that, that, uh, um, our citizenship is really in heaven, that we have a home and we have to be able to look people in the eyes and, and, and convincingly, uh, tell them and honestly tell them, you know, because we believe it that uh, we have a home and this is not it. And we're a part of a, a country that this is not it. But we have an invitation from the very king of the country that we come from that they can join and become citizens of that country as well. Now, you know, if you present that to someone just in the same kind of context that I just presented it, they're pro you're probably going to at least get their attention a little bit. They're going to think, you know, you're weird, you know, 
this is strange, whatever. But, you know, they, they probably had never heard that before. I mean, nobody goes up to somebody and says, hey, listen, I'm from another world. Because that's what our Lord Jesus was, right? I mean, he, he, he was a true alien. He's from another world. And, and now we ourselves are part of another world. And, and you know, we, we, we have to try to think of ways that, are, that work for us, that are natural for us, that the Spirit of God can use through us to uh to, to kind of get people's attention because people are kind of dull when it comes to spiritual things they're not thinking about that i mean you 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 need to give some kind of spark uh, brother john yesterday when i i didn't realize this but at this uh, cef booth i guess i've been a hook <clears throat> there's people that tell the stories and then there's hooks so i didn't know that but john hawk said uh yeah, I said uh, I started giving my tracks because he came after I was finished, and and uh, I said, "Well, here's my tracks." He says, "Well, I'm going to be telling the story." Uh, he says, "You know, whatever the fellow's name was over here, he's the hook." I said, the "Hook? Yeah, you know that that invited him to come in to hear the story." So that's what I learned that these years that I've been involved, that you know, the fair that I was a hook. So now I. I felt kind of good about that. But anyway, so God bless you all. Thank you.